We believe in growth and continuous learning. We believe in educating and sharing knowledge. We believe the body is miraculous and is able to heal with the proper nutrition and support. And we believe the right mindset is key to your success. I'm Amanda Golightly. And I'm Kate McDowell. And this is Limitless Health. Live well naturally. Hello and welcome to this week's show. Today we're kind of going down the, I don't know, I want to say, don't necessarily need to say rabbit hole, but there are a few things as natural health practitioners that we were discussing. And these are a few of the things that we won't do. Um, do you want to get us rolling or? Sure. So, yeah, we just wanted, I mean, these are things that we personally won't do. These are, a lot of them are things that we recommend that our clients maybe consider taking a look at as well. Um, and the first one we wanted to talk about is tap water. I know this is like a lot of cities, we're very close to the city of Toronto and they consider that they do a really good job of filtering our water and making sure that there's not things in it that's harmful for us. But ultimately there's a lot of crap in your tap water. I'm sorry. Uh, and a lot of the times when people are not necessarily getting better when they're on a program or working with us, this is something we have to take a look at. What water are you drinking? Because it has a more uh, substantial impact on your health than you may recognize. And some of the things that are in the tap water, things like chlorine is a really big one. And like, if they didn't put chlorine in the water, we were taught that in nutrition school as well. Like it would kill us <laughs> because there would be so much growth of bacteria and all kinds of crap in the water. So they have to do it from that perspective, but then the chlorine is very harmful to us as well. Um, and then there's also things like fluoride in our tap water, which is a neurotoxin. So that's not going to be beneficial for your health in the long run. I mean, we've heard, you know, stats about you look at toothpaste and it says on the back of most toothpaste that contain fluoride, don't swallow it. And if your kid was to swallow, like call poison control immediately because of the fluoride content. And then there's fluoride in our tap water. Uh, there's also other things that end up in there. You know, your, your next door neighbor, your everyone around you, their medicine cabinet ends up in your tap water in a sense, because when, you know, we take medication, ultimately we pee it out a lot of it. And these are such small particles that even the good filtration systems that your city is trying to use to filter this water to make it safe for you to drink, these particles are often so small that they're not able to be filtered out. So you can get birth control through your water supply and lots of other harmful medications that way as well. Anything else you want to contribute to tap water? I think you covered the gist of it. I wasn't sure about the whole uh, face thing. Was it just a, even the smallest amount for the children to swallow? I wish I had a tube to have a look at right now. We don't have any toothpaste that contains fluoride, so that complicates <laughs> things a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. Like Which ultimately, point. It's, we shouldn't be consuming fluoride in the form of toothpaste, but then why is it okay to consume it in our tap water? Especially in the way that you're not just having one glass of water hopefully per day, you're having multiples to stay hydrated yeah. and to make sure your body is functioning the way it needs to and supporting 
digestion and elimination and things like that. And these things add up, not just from one source, but multiple sources. So that's, that's the other issue with having these elements, if you will, added to tooth, the toothpaste and water and other, other things. It's not just one source and it's dramatically affecting our health just by consuming tap water. But if you can change that and choose something different, then that can, can help your health as well. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I remember even being younger and going to the dentist and we were conditioned to believe that fluoride was really beneficial for us. It was something that you needed for your teeth. And ultimately it's been kind of proven that that's not necessarily the case. So um, yeah, that being in our tap water is not great. The chlorine is also a problem for our thyroid. Like chlorine is going to compete with iodine and Mm -hmm. iodine is a really important nutrient for your thyroid. And so we're drinking chlorine in our tap water where we have chlorine in bleach that you use to clean the floors or to clean the house. There's chlorine, yes, in the water when we shower, we're going to absorb it and breathe it in as well. And so like, is it really a huge surprise that so many people are dealing with thyroid problems when we're exposed to a lot of chemicals, not just chlorine, but that's in our drinking water. So that's, it's, to make a change for your water, like it's an easy thing to do. So like Amanda said, looking for cleaner sources, what are the cleaner sources you'd recommend? Uh, I guess spring water is a good one as well. Like if there's a natural spring where it hasn't been altered in any way by a process, that could be an option. Uh, my choice is distilled because I think as you said the other day, it's essentially what nature does. It's taking water and it's evaporating it up into the air in the in the process and then it's taking the evaporation and putting it back into water form and then that is the cleanest source of water at that point and from there then if we decide to we can add minerals back in uh, because that does take everything out of the water uh, i guess good and bad if there happens to be some good stuff in there too right so it's just for me that's my personal choice based on what I've read and what I've studied. Uh, that's my, my go-to. Yeah. And distilled has been something that, you know, we've both done for quite a while now and, and happily. And it's, again, it's something that's not a really hard choice to make or a hard change to make, I guess, mm-hmm. for your future. Yeah. Um, another thing I just thought of with tap water, heavy metals can mm-hmm. be in tap water too. So things like mercury, things like lead, it depends on the sourcing and where it's coming from, but this is something that can be, oh, and microplastics as well. These are all elements as well. Sorry. Radioactive elements, depending on where you live, can be a possibility. Yeah. So all of these chemicals and these toxins, when you think about what's the cleanest thing for you to possibly drink, you know, there's coffee, there's alcohol, there's fruit juice, there's what's the cleanest thing, the purest thing to drink water, but water can contain harmful things for you as well. So making the change away from drinking tap water um, is something that we both are really committed to like we'll go out to restaurants and we'll drink very little when in a Mm -hmm. restaurant unless we're able to get distilled a form of distilled water from from them as well so yeah this is it's a simple change that you can make but it's like in my opinion it has a really dramatic impact on your health overall yeah totally the next topic is going to be uh being vegetarian or vegan. Now, this is something I would personally not do just based on, again, my research and the things that I've read and studied and basically saying that um, 
ultimately it's not meant for long term um not meant for long term it's uh, something that you can cleanse your body by removing certain things from your diet and just going with vegetarian but ultimately it's not going to sustain the body if you want to cleanse the body for a certain amount of time a shorter amount of time that's fine but then you have to rebuild the body back up and that's going to involve having an animal-based diet where you can get all the minerals and vitamins and everything that you need from animal-based foods and some other sources beyond animals may have that but it's not as bioavailable for us and enough for us because in some cases i know you have to take like a boatload of things and even then you probably wouldn't get the benefits of it um like you would from eating animal-based or even just having liver or liver cakes as we like to talk about yeah what are your thoughts a lot of people will argue this I completely get that. I mean, there's lots of sources. There's lots of even like government funded stuff talks about meat is bad for you. Red meat is bad for you. Red meat's going to cause all kinds of illnesses and diseases and stuff. But ultimately, like we were humans were designed to eat meat. We wouldn't have canine teeth if we weren't designed to eat meat. And you know, like Amanda said, these things are, it's going to provide the most nutrient dense and most bioavailable. So bioavailable means it's your body can use it the easiest. Well, yes, you can get B vitamins or you can get iron or things like that from plant sources. It's not going to be exactly what your body needs. So you're not going to get the benefit that you should from it. If you're someone who has been eating a vegetarian or vegan diet, getting into switching back to a plant or um, an animal-based diet can be challenging because your body's not used to digesting these things but that doesn't mean that it's not possible for you mm-hmm. one um, other thing i thought of with uh being vegan or vegetarian if you are not consuming animal-based foods plants don't make cholesterol or fat that you need and your cells are comprised of that like that's what we're made up of is cholesterol so if you're not consuming animal protein then essentially you're not getting what you need to make hormones for one that's one of the biggest things one of the building blocks for us so i don't know what else i could say to that to yeah that i was sitting here like thinking hormones hormones i wanted to jump (laughs) in with that and that's like for women especially you know we need hormones everyone needs hormones but especially if you're going through you know your 40s and into your 50s and we're going through the transition times in life your body needs to be able to make hormones and if it's not able to do that properly you're going to be at a disadvantage in terms of functioning properly you're going to have all kinds of symptoms as a result of that and like amanda said like vegetarian vegan can have benefit in certain times when you're looking to help the body detox and to clear things out, but it's not meant to be a lifelong solution for you. You can't detox constantly because the body gets like switches out of the mode that it's supposed to be in where it breaks mm-hmm. things down and builds things up, breaks things down and build th- builds things up. run down basically. Yeah. We recycle like our, you'll have a full new red blood cell system in 120 days and your liver turns over in like, I forget how many days, 400 to 500 days. Yeah. 
like, you know, less than a thousand days, your liver completely turns over and all these elements in the body are completely rebuilding all the time. And if you're not giving it what it needs to be able to do the rebuilding process, eventually things break down. So yeah, I mean, is so beneficial for, like you said, the vitamins, the nutrients, the minerals, um, like B12, we can't get a quality source of B12 from plant-based options or iron. We can't get a quality source of heme iron, which is what the body needs heme, hemoglobin. It's important for us, for us to be able to create the things that we're supposed to. And it's, it's not possible long-term on a plant-based diet. Yeah, I have a, one of the sayings that one of our mentors says, and I'm I might just mess it up a little bit. Uh, plants are medicine, and animals are food, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we there's definitely value in plants in terms of mm-hmm. uh, the medicine side of things. Like we use a lot of herbal supplementation with clients, and to help you reset your body and get it doing what it's supposed to do. Um, but it's not like that's not supposed to be your sustenance it's not supposed to be the main thing that's supposed to fuel your body and it definitely isn't the rebuilding um tools alone Mm -hmm. that you need absolutely uh okay i think we've we're probably good there the next one on the list is seed oils oh the ever inflammatory seed oils with the horrible names also especially canola oil okay that's the one. Do you, do you recognize that canola oil is seed oil? Like a lot of people, maybe vegetable oil, it's also called. Um, it was actually interesting in 2020 when we had the, the lockdowns first started and there was like food shortage, I guess, and people were rushing to the grocery store and like you couldn't buy toilet paper and all <laughs> yeah. of the shelves were empty. But what blew my mind was walking into Walmart in our area and the vegetable oil shelf was empty completely gone and i thought like of all the things that you think are important right now the top priority is vegetable oil like that's it's it's scary and it's backwards in my mind but like i started to learn about seed oils and the fact that they're very inflammatory when i was in 2011 when i started to find that food had a really big impact on living with MS and realizing that I needed to take some things out because they were causing inflammation in my body. And seed oils was a category that was like, no bueno, I had to get rid of that. And it like food in general made a big difference, but I haven't put the seed oils back in because do you need them? No, No, there are better alternatives. Yeah. Do you need canola oil? Do you need vegetable oil? Okay, so recipes call for it, but there are things you can use instead as well. And yeah, canola oil. So canola oil is Canadian oil, I think. The name was man-made because it's made from the rapeseed. Mm-hmm. It's marketing. From a marketing perspective, could you yep. imagine trying to market like heart-healthy rapeseed? Mm, no. It's not going to sell. So yeah, they decided, well, we need to change the name of this. So if it's Canadian, like low smoke point or something, but it's, it's a man-made name and it's become like such a, a high, 
like highly pushed oil as like, this is the healthy thing for you. And this is the thing you should eat. I mean, I remember too, being a kid and going to my grandparents' house and my Nana was the butter queen. It was amazing. She made the best grilled cheese because it was soaked in butter. And my aunts and uncles used to say to her, like, don't eat that. That's bad for you. And pushed her to use margarine instead, which ultimately is seed oil because it's considered heart healthy. But is it? Right? So, yeah, seed oils. Amanda's looking something up. I'm guessing what (laughs) canola oil stands for. But so canola oil, vegetable oil, um, sesame seed oil. I'm trying to think what else. Um, Flax seed oil, that one's debatable sometimes because there's a lot of benefit to flax. But ultimately what happens with these things, they go rancid really easily. They're damaged easily by light, heat, and Mm -hmm. air. And so the shelves that were empty at the Walmart in 2020 when I went in were the like giant clear plastic containers of canola oil. Well, light, heat, and air are all going to come into those containers. And so, you know, the alternative, if we look at better quality oils, so that's going to be things like olive oil, avocado oil are my top ones if we're thinking oils oh coconut oil but coconut oil is solid at room temperature Um, and then butter ghee lard essentially are all going to be better options but if you look at you go to buy a bottle of olive oil good quality olive oil or avocado oil they are in glass bottles they're not the size of a dump truck and they're dark colored glass because glass, you want to make sure a glass as well. Not yeah. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's, you know, it's important because that's going to prevent the light from getting in. Um, and then it's a smaller bottle because the air, like those, you buy those giant things of oil. How many times are you going to open that? And every time you open it, it's getting exposed to air. So what did you find? Uh, I'm not finding what I want to find. So never mind. <laughs> Anything else you want to share on seed oils? No, I think that's good. We're heading into, uh, actually, let's maybe save this one for the last. Um, let's go to allopathic medicine for emergency use only. Um, just with everything that we've learned over the last at least few years, and beyond that, I guess, more so in the more recent times, just knowing that there are alternatives for one, because we've way overused uh, antibiotics, that seems to be the go-to for whatever ailment goes on, throw antibiotics at it, yet that's going to basically destroy your gut and kill good and bad bacteria. So you're starting at ground zero where the bad bacteria has free reign to kind of take over and that's where problems can start. Uh, but there, are, again, there are other alternatives to do preventative is ultimately the goal in my mind anyway, as far as my own personal care, uh, rather than waiting for something major to happen and have to have surgery or whatever the case is. Um, yeah, basically handling things now, detoxing regularly, regularly, oh my goodness, um, drinking clean water, uh, just doing things now that can help handle things before they become something that is has to be handled a different way that I don't want, right? Yeah. 
this is okay. So this is kind of an interesting one. I grew up with a single mom who absolutely did the best she could with everything, but also because it was a single parent household, my mom needed to be able to go to work every day. So she couldn't deal with a child being sick and needing to stay home from school. So I would sneeze or sniffle or have the slightest cough and I would be off to the doctors, which is something that we've seen a lot of definitely in the last three years. But when you're constantly putting antibiotics into your system and into kids, like Amanda said, you're breaking down the gut and like 90 or 95% of our immune system is in our gastrointestinal tract in our gut. And so if we're constantly like breaking that down, you're going to deal with more illness and more problems down the road versus allowing the system to build the antibodies, to build the immunities that it should be to be able to stay healthy and to keep you healthy long-term. And so, you know, in the last several years, we've both stopped going to the doctor if there was anything going on, unless it's an emergency and looking for ways to support and to build up our immune system to help it with dealing with anything that's that's going on health-wise. I mean, both of us have been really healthy for the last, I don't know, five years, like maybe a few colds, but not very many. And mm -hmm. ultimately that's when you give your body the support it needs to build up your immune system so it can fight off the things that come your way, you're going to have less health problems, less colds, less, you know, Less is what are colds really? Hmm? What are colds really though? Like your body's just trying to get rid of stuff. Your body's kind of gotten over. Usually there's a balance that your body has. And when things become out of balance, that's when things happen. And that's when we've had colds, as you will. We're just kind, our body is working to get rid of whatever the toxin is that has overwhelmed our system. So then that's where we can come into play with whatever support we need to build the body back up and get some binders in and get rid of whatever is affecting us at that time. Yeah, exactly. And that's so the, like the last three years, and I get that, that there's, there's fear that has been really um, kind of emphasized from a media perspective and a lot over the last three years with what we've had with the, you know, world events that we've dealt mm -hmm. with and, I guess that numbers and case numbers and case numbers. Yeah. And that, <laughs> yeah, what did that really even mean? Um, and that, you know, your kid gets a cold, your kid sneezes and, and we go to the doctor and that's, they give you medication, but that medication is not trying to fix the problem. That medication is trying to suppress the symptoms. Why is your child sneezing? Like Amanda said, your body is trying to get that out of the system, a sneeze, a cough, even diarrhea, even mm -hmm. vomiting. Sorry. It's not fun. But all of these things, it's the body is trying to get the toxin out of your system in the most fast and efficient way possible. Mm -hmm. And we're stopping that. So we're saying, well, no, 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 don't do those things. And it's forcing the body to keep these toxins inside of you. And so like, is it really any surprise that the colds keep coming back or that the illnesses, you know, yeah. don't really go away because the body is being told like, nope, being slapped on the wrist and said, don't do what you're trying to do. Don't try and protect yourself and help yourself. Yeah. We're interfering with the body's natural process of doing things and saying, no, 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 <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Versus like, like Amanda said, like versus saying, okay, what help, how can I help you? 
Yeah. How can I help you with this process? What support do you need through this? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, actually, that's a kind of a good little segue towards what we do, because when we do our testing, we like to find out what the actual cause is of what's going on. And then we can find out what specifically the body needs to be supported. So that's kind of a, a little segue into that, because without knowing why your body is having the cold or doing whatever it's doing, you don't know how, how best to support the body so it can get through it and get better and get back into balance again. Exactly. It's, and with anything, like you said, like, oh, you have a headache. It's not a sign that you have an acetaminophen deficiency. It's a sign that there's something going on in your body. Why are you having headaches? And what does the body need to, to get rid of that or to clear that so that you can start feeling better again? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Here's the big one. This is the one that I I hadn't really looked into on social media before just because I don't know. This is just when I wanted to go post something about it. And then I thought I'd search the hash, hashtag to see what came up and it wouldn't let me search whatsoever. It actually led me towards uh, government links. So if you don't know by now what I'm talking about, you probably are on the edge of your seat. This is vaccines. We have been inundated with things around vaccines for most in the most recent years, but also uh, in media, they've definitely been... <clears throat> Anyone who's kind of in, I guess, our camp, if you will, uh, has definitely been villainized in anything, social media, TV. We've we've become so much more aware of how these storylines go when you've got a character or set of parents, say, who have decided not to vaccinate their child for whatever their reason is. And then the doctors respond to that in a negative way. All these people are crazy. What's wrong with them? And I think the one story that we saw, essentially the uh nurse was almost going to go out of her way to like the child protective services or something because they thought they were being neglected in some way and yet they're just all the information around that i don't know it's, it's very there's a lot of conflict around it but again things that i've read uh the people that i follow and who i listen to and just all the information as far as what's involved uh there's lots of harmful ingredients in these vaccines uh, heavy metals formaldehyde formaldehyde thank you <laughs> formaldehyde is one tissue yeah uh there is antibiotics there are antibiotics in there as well um I'm pretty sure there are parasites in there too there's lots of things in these vaccines that if you think of it and break it down and to its single ingredient would you consume it on its own like there's mercury in there as well um aluminum these are all things that are in these vaccines and it's like well do we really need it there's lots of charts out there too i know i've got uh, websites that go through the progress of certain all the diseases as far as the height of them and then when uh the vaccine is introduced it's coming down to its lowest point so there's lots of other factors that are in play as far as when things got better as far as certain illnesses that have and why these things were created to begin with. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, it's like you listed off these things of it's in that are in them. And it's the question in my mind is, do we need them? Mm -hmm. Do we need the vaccines to begin with? That's, I mean, you'll have your belief about that. We have our belief about that. And everyone, that was the biggest issue that I had with 2020 and 20 up until now is that no one was allowed to 
make their own choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and there well, was a lot are. of blame just... and a lot of shame and a lot of like guilt put onto people, but it's the, do we need vaccines? Also, do the vaccines need to have all these things in them? Mm-hmm. Like, why do they need aborted fetal tissue in them? Um, but like, why do they need all these things in them? And there's like food products in there as well, like eggs, dairy, soy, I believe. Uh, and these, these are things that lead to why children have food allergies. Yeah. Peanut. Peanut's the other one. Thank you. Peanut allergies. And I mean, the child vaccine schedule has like, I don't remember what it was when, so like I was Mm. born in 82, but from then till now, that was 40 years ago, the vaccine schedule has like tripled, I think since even quadrupled, maybe quadrupled since I was young. So you're putting this little bit of peanut into these kids, not just once, Mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and like no one can look at the last decade or the last 20 years and say that peanut allergies have not increased it's huge the difference that's that we're seeing in kids other health conditions as well that like were less of a thing then but the anyways we from the list of things we will not do vaccination is definitely one of them it's not to say like if there was one that made sense i'm not saying there's no way i would do it but you know at least for the most recent vaccine that that's a no for me mm-hmm. and that's and with an understanding of holistic health and natural health and what it's actually doing to our bodies and our systems did it stop people from getting the illness no did it stop them from spreading it? No. And like, anyways, I just totally went on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm with you a bit on that. Wouldn't say never, but as of right now, it's a hard no on all of them across the board for me. That's uh, something I will avoid because I feel like I can support my my body and my immune system through other means that are working with my body as opposed to against it and are more natural. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it is your decision and it is your choice to decide whatever that is and whatever works for you. But that's my choice. I agree. I agree. There are more natural ways that you can support. Like that was a conversation we've had a lot in the last three years is like, if I'm going to say that it's going to happen. Um, if you get COVID, we can help you. We can mm-hmm. help you get your body where it needs to be to get better and to get over it. If you get injured from the vaccines, I'm, I'm not even sure that we can. So, um, well, we kind of we're slowly kind of getting out there with a lot of the uh, where we stand on some things because there's there's been a lot of political crap, let's say, in the last well, always, but more so in the last few years. And this is just something that we uh, we took a stand on, and yeah, just. I think it's, I mean, it's a work in progress and it's getting your voice out there and being heard. And I think it's important to have that conversation. And I think also that we're not, it's kind of uh, unfortunate that we can't have these discussions more openly because it seems to be with whatever the theme of the day is, people just don't want to have conversations. I can't have conversations. Uh, One side tends to sometimes, um, think that they're more right on something like I I don't necessarily think I'm right in any way it's just my decision and from what I've 
again, what I've studied and looked at. So it's just, it's my choice and my decision that what works for me and that's all it is. Right. Yeah. And ultimately that's, that's, that's what I think that we stand for, but I'll speak for myself. That's definitely what I stand for. I work with tons of clients who did get the vaccines and will continue Mm -hmm. to get vaccines. And there's no judgment there. It's just like, this is a personal choice that Mm -hmm. I've made. And, you know, it's, there's no judgment either way, or I would, that's all I ask, right? Like you do you, um, I will do my absolute best to support you. Um, We will have a discussion a little bit about, you know, what I would do if it was, if I was in the situation, if you're open to that, if not, that's your choice, right? But this is a one thing to throw out there though. If, if you are working on your health and concerned about what you are putting in your body, I wouldn't exclude vaccines in that. Do your research, ask them for the pamphlets and the handouts, the the whole handouts with what's in the vaccine, read through that and find out what you're putting in your body. Cause that, that area should not be excluded for, from if you're trying to work on your health and get better. Because uh, that is an important aspect of is, of it as well. Because we can we can only control so much in our environment. What's in the air, what's in the water. I mean, water outside of what you're drinking anyway. Uh, there's only so much we can do, and what we can control is what we ourselves put into our body. And that's one of the things that you can look into if you choose to. Yeah, very true. You can control what you consume in terms of like what you eat, what you drink, what you consume with what you're watching, what you're listening to, uh, the information that you're taking in, the people that you're surrounding yourself with. You can cons- control, like there are things you can control, there are things that we can't control. And if we can focus on the controllables, uh, ultimately it's gonna help you move towards better health overall, right? Yeah, and that's exactly what we want for everyone who's listening. We appreciate you tuning in and uh, if you have any feedback for us, we'd love to, uh, any questions, that kind of stuff, please reach out. Uh, we'd uh, love to hear that from you. Uh, otherwise, anything else you wanna say? That's kind of it for me, I think. I think that's it. We are going to come back with an, another, at least one more episode of this because yeah. these aren't the only five things that we won't do as holistic health practitioners. Um, there's other things that we've, other choices we've made that have made a difference for us. Uh, that we will share with you at a later date as well. Okay, so thanks again for tuning in. Have a great day, and we'll see you on the next episode.